brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hangs off one by Arizona at center. Five seconds left in the third. Coyotes have it. They're not going to do anything with it. Time will expire, and the Avalanche will win again. Longest current winning streak in the NHL continues. Another good win for the Avs last night. Uh, see you with... Look, man, they had they had a, a nice opportunity to try and get to the Sweet 16. Just couldn't put it together yesterday, and we'll get to all of that in a second. But uh have to mention this off the top. Obviously, for all of us here, our hearts go out to everybody uh, in Boulder today as what took place yesterday is something I know we're all getting pretty tired of. And you know what? Say what you want about COVID and staying in the house and how much that sucked and people losing jobs and how terrible that was. But uh, perhaps we're seeing a consequence of things starting to open back up again. I don't know. Um, we all want it to end. We want that that nonsense to stop. We want morons and psychopaths to quit interjecting their evil in the middle of our lives. And I'm not an expert on this. I don't know what the fix is. I, I don't know what exactly we can do here. Um, but I, like you, want it to stop. And I don't, I don't have a solution for you. So the only thing I can tell you right now is that thinking of everybody in Boulder today, and it was awful what happened yesterday. And um, it's scary, man. During this pandemic, the grocery store seemed like the only place that didn't shut down. seemed like one of the, like, the only places you could have like an outing, like, okay, I'm going out going it was, to the grocery store. Now it was the thing to do. Like I'm going to the store. That means I get to go in my car and drive somewhere. I get, you know what I mean? It was, you know, and a lot of people, you hear that mentioned that that King supers, especially cause that's, it's right in the middle of where all the uh, campus kids are living at. That's a very popular King supers. Uh, that's a busy hub for the middle of that city. And it's just so damn frustrating that even a place like, hey, man, we got to go get stuff to eat or Marty, I'm going there. Uh, I'm going to a King Supers tomorrow to get my first vaccine shot. Like maybe people are in there doing that. Like you're trying to do something that you're hoping is going to save your life and something like this happens. Uh, again, guys, uh, I'm not going to spend all day on this because, look, I'm not. 
if you want information on that, I'm not that guy. And I'm sorry. I wish I had more. I've told you guys this a thousand times. I'm not a journalist, okay? That's not what I am. That's not what I do. But I can tell you that I'm sick for the people in Boulder. And there's part of you that wants to stop watching because you just don't feel like, you know, you're, if you're like me, you're an optimist, you're a happy person. Um, it's not something I like to toil in, but you feel like you have to. You have to do it to try and learn from this or, or take any sort of information you can to make this better or try and prevent these things from happening again. Uh, I'm sick for you guys. If you're, if you know one of the victims, um, you know, the police officer that was killed in the middle of all of it, my heart goes out to you. And that's all I can tell you. But this is a sports radio station, so to the sports. Uh, see you. Yesterday, it was exactly what we kind of feared for CU in the tournament, right? It was, you were 16, what was it, 16 to 25 from three in the first round? Like, you shot 60% from the three-point line? And we all kind of knew that CU's had up and down offensive performances. Now, I don't know if it's been quite as up as it was in the first round, but... I wasn't expecting a 6 to 25 from 3 or them shooting 36% from the field yesterday. I just knew it would be down. I looked at the uh, numbers Marty and I I took the under in the game. The under was or the over under was like 141-142 somewhere in that ballpark and I was like I just don't feel like even though they put up 90 what was it 96 in the first round, I just don't think that's repeatable. But I wasn't expecting that either. And look it was kind of everybody. You looked up and down the roster. I just felt like, you agree or disagree with this, it felt like the moment kind of got to them a little bit, and they started to press, and once they went down five, six, seven, eight points, they're like, okay, we got to get a bucket now. You have to do it. And you just felt everything kind of tighten up. And that's when the turnovers came. And then the turnovers came. You're right. And, you know... It, it's it not came his from pressing though. Yeah, totally. That was way out of their element, I think. Yes, yes. And, and I'm not putting this on McKinley Wright because McKinley Wright is obviously one of the best players in the country. He is going to make money playing professional basketball. He is one of the best players that CU's ever had. But Marty, when I saw that McKinley Wright was turning the ball over a little bit yesterday, I was like, okay, this this probably isn't going to go well. And you know what? In uh how many it was like Six to seven minutes left in the game. They were within three. They hit a three, and I forgot who did it. But you're like, okay, after all of this nonsense, you're still within striking distance here. You're one possession down. Then a couple of turnovers, a couple of shots, like a, a, an alley-oop later from Florida State. A technical foul. The te four free throws in a row. I'm telling you, I've seen this happen a lot. I don't know what the numbers are on this. And look, I could be totally wrong. Maybe this is completely wrong on my part. But, Marty, I've seen coaches in... Um, NCAA tournament games get techs, and it feels like if your coach gets a tech in a tournament game, you don't win that game. And I get it. Tad Boyle's making a point. That was off of the, you know, McKinley Wright goes up to the hoop and gets crushed. He gets bent backwards. I don't yes. know what that was. And they don't call the foul, and then I think Jariah Horn just sticks his hand up in the air and gets near, and the dude just flops. He pretends like he got punched in the face. He wasn't even touched in the face. That gets called a foul. So Tad Boyle's pissed, and he should have been. But look, it wasn't their day. It really wasn't. And Florida State was a lot more 
I think just poised in the moment. They felt like they're playing that loose basketball that CU did in the first round. Now, everybody struggled on offense in that first half. Hell, there was 44 points combined between those two after the first half was done. But they come back in the second, and they put up 47 points. Going to make it pretty difficult to win. But overall, a really good season for CU. Really good. And God, you feel for McKinley Wright. Did you see the uh, when when Tad Boyle put in the backups with like a minute and a half left and McKinley Wright's going off the floor and he goes and he gives Tad Boyle the bear hug, right? But he says to Tad on the walk over, they had it zoomed in, and I read his lips. He said, F, I'm sorry, coach. And you're like, oh, no, no. Come on, man, this ain't on you. But they got a great starting point. For like where this team is at, what they're trying to build right now. All of these guys on the roster, I think that they've built this. And and you know what? McKinley Wright said it in the postgame. A lot of young guys are going to be ready to take this team even farther into a Sweet 16 somewhere down the road. So uh, keep that in mind. Also, the Avs. Uh, it's hard for me, Marty, not to get really giddy about this. Okay? It, it's It's tough for me to try and... Pump the brakes and don't go too far. But they just look dominant. Like this, they're 28 and 2 right now. They're now still three games back of Vegas for first place, but they've put some some headway between them and the rest of the teams in the division. And and again, let's say you win again against Arizona tonight. Is we got a double dip with both the Nuggets and the Avs going tonight? If they win tonight. At worst, and let me see, does Vegas play tonight or no? Can you get an extra couple of points? Yeah, so you can get an extra couple of points. You can be one point down heading into this two-game set against Vegas. If you do that with the way they're playing right now, they've now won seven in a row. And not just one seven in a row, Marty. These last five, five to one, six nothing, five one, eight four, four one. They've been uncompetitive. The, the other first. team can't get control of the puck. Yeah. They can't even hang on to the puck. And look, this is where I was trying to tell people when, you know, I was getting those. <laughs> let's just rewind the clock, Marty, two, three weeks ago. Bednar's got to go, man. He's got to go. Can't blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Wait for the team to get healthy. Wait for McKinnon to get on the ice. Wait for McCarr to get back. This, look, I wasn't expecting this. But this is what I feel like they were very capable of this. This is kind of what I expected from the team with this this, much offensive firepower. This is dominance, though, Marty, against teams that are good. Okay, so Arizona, um, they're they're okay, they're decent. Minnesota's good, and Minnesota was hot, and you made Minnesota look like they were Anaheim in your two game set against them. So, yes, I expected them to play better and to play well and to be one of the best teams in the NHL, but this is next-level type of dominance from them right now. Tonight will be interesting. Who starts in goal? Uh, that still scares me. Grubauer, I, I, I don't know if I can trust him to stay healthy for the stretch run here. To me, dude, you want to be able to keep pace here. Like, like I said, if you get a win tonight and you're at 44 points, just one point back of Vegas heading into this two-game set, I think that's important. What's also important is... Grubauer is, I'm just going to say it, he's the best goalie in hockey right now. Absolutely. I do not want to risk that guy 
getting overworked and, and taking some sort of soft tissue injury because he's on his skates for too long. So, look, if I got to concede that maybe you throw Johansson, or Johansson is a Johansson. I don't know what it is. Jonas Johansson? Johansson. Johansson. If you throw him out there tonight and you lose, you know what? You got to take the long approach here. The number one overall seed would be great coming out of your division. At the same time, you have to keep the bigger picture in mind. I would like Johansson to be between the pipes tonight and just have Grubauer ready to go for the two-game set against Vegas. But again, both of those games tonight between uh, the Avs and the second set here against the Coyotes and then the Nuggets also tonight. And there's a lot to get to today. We got the cut sheets from both Justin Simmons and Kyle Fuller, who spoke to the media yesterday. If you want to hear either of these games, the Nuggets with an early tip, they start at 5 o'clock tonight against Orlando. They're on the East Coast, so that pregame is going to be at 4.30 right here at Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. And then that follows up directly afterwards with uh, the Avs starting on AM 950 with their puck drop at 8 o'clock. But then it'll be joined in progress on 92.5 once the Nuggets broadcast wraps up. So keep all of that in mind as we roll along today. 309-33 is the Champ Automotive text line. We're back in three minutes. So how's this for a guest list today? So Marty, I get this right, don't I? We got Shelby Harris today at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, and then Akib Talib at 9.30. That's right. How's that? So we'll talk to Shelby about his new contract. A couple of more guys talked about their contracts yesterday, that being Justin Simmons and uh, Kareem, or I'm sorry, Kyle Fuller. almost said Kareem Jackson. That would have been different. I would love to have Kareem Jackson do a press conference. foreshadowing from Brett? Well, uh, you know what? I realized something. Uh, I filed this in the back of my head yesterday as Vic has made some predictions. And I don't know if you've been keeping track of Vic's predictions, Marty. Vic been wrong a lot. And he said yesterday, I don't know if you remember this. He felt he felt a lot better about CU's game against Florida State than he did against Georgetown. And somebody on the text line said, Vic, you've made predictions about the Rockies. CU's first game, you've made, and there was like three other ones that I can't even remember. Phil Lindsay. And they said, stop making predictions. And just file this one under Vic was wrong again. And look, I I thought CU was going to win yesterday too, but I've kind of learned my lesson with my predictions. Between the uh, Ravens offense and eating a sock, and Von Miller, which was an hour after I just said, I don't think he's back. Well, he came back. I'm kind of done with the prediction game. I'm pretty bad at it. So maybe I, you know what, Marty? Here's the prediction I'll make. I guarantee you Kareem Jackson doesn't come back to this football team. There you go. Now See, that's the way I got to do it. I got to do it the opposite. Deshaun Watson, definitely not coming here. Deshaun Watson is so going to be charged with every single one of these crimes, and his his football career is going to be over, and he'll never be a Denver Bronco. That, by the way, what is that number up to with him? Is that like 13 women now accusing him of 
by the hour. I heard, I thought it was in the twenties. It could be, dude. I, it's hard to keep track. And if you read the details on it, if all of this is true, like if what, what's being alleged right now, I read a couple of stories from TMZ regarding Deshaun Watson. If that's true, Marty, he ain't playing in the league again. Like this is constant sexual assault. That's not allowed. And here's what I don't get. And this is, I guess, what confuses me. If the stuff that's alleged from Deshaun Watson, especially the story that I read, which was forcing these women to do things despite the fact that they constantly said no. If that is true, Marty, why is this in civil court? This guy should be behind bars. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? I know you want money. Everybody who feels like there's a wrong that's been done to them wants money, but if the Deshaun Watson stuff is true, that guy needs to be in prison. Not forking over a couple million bucks to people. But it's something that uh, obviously we'll keep an eye on here. And I got something for the Broncos and what needs to happen in the draft now that we'll get to in a little bit. But again, Justin Simmons and Kyle Fuller yesterday speaking at the press conference. I wonder what this Fuller thing is going to be. Because here's the situation. Marty, as we discuss what happens at number nine overall now for the Broncos, and I've said this before, with this Kyle Fuller signing, we were all kind of, it didn't feel like we were just like, okay, if it ain't a quarterback, if you can't get a Justin Fields or somebody like that to drop the number nine, then this is corner, right? You're going cornerback. You're you're a Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley or somebody like that. Well, doesn't Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller change things about that? I mean, between those two, Bryce Callahan, Michael Ojemudia. Do you really want to invest another number nine overall pick in that? Do you want to have five corners that are all looking to get playing time? And look, I, the more corners, the merrier, especially what happened last year injury-wise. But I wonder if they see this Kyle Fuller one-year deal as, was this promised, you know, one-year deal, but if you play well, we want you to stick around. We'll give you something bigger once the cap rises, something like that. Or is this, look, you were on the market. We were in the market for a corner. Perfect marriage. Let's do this for a year and whatever happens afterwards happens. Because if they aren't taking the long-term approach with Kyle Fuller, then yeah, drafting somebody at number nine wouldn't be the worst move, especially keeping this in mind, Marty. Corners don't play well typically as rookies. It, it takes them a second to really get it in this league. So I guess it's still open. It is. But what is on the table now for number nine? And if I had to if I had to guess right now what's going to happen, you know, if Vic's right and I owe him a bottle of whiskey because four quarterbacks are off the board by the time the Broncos draft at nine, then the only thing that really makes sense, George Payton likes to have the number of draft picks. And this is what I think is smart about what George Payton does. You know, I've said this forever, and I read this uh, article years ago from somebody graduated from Harvard or Yale or some Ivy League school. I don't know what it was. One of them nerds. He wrote an article about the draft and he said he prefaced the entire thing by saying, I don't know anything about football. OK, so I'm paraphrasing here. But his article is essentially, I don't know about football, but I do know about numbers. And what he says was, 
everybody is focused on the NFL draft into getting the best possible draft pick they can. When what they should be focused on is getting the most. Because you can draft five guys who are all day one, day two guys, and you can have a decent shot at two of them being pro bowlers. Or you can get 12 picks, and by sheer numbers, you're just going to give yourself a better opportunity for somebody to pop. Does any team do that? Does any team follow that logic? Uh, Yeah, I mean, they do. I mean, the trade-back game, The Patriots yes. seem to do that a lot. The Patriots did, but it's hard to judge that because we always figured the Patriots were so smart and they never have first-round picks. Well, they were always picking number 30. And also, take a look at that Patriots roster. A lot of that hasn't popped. Like, Tom Brady made a lot of that seem a lot better than it was. But I think if you're in a position right now where what is the biggest need? Like, it would be nice if you got Micah Parsons at nine. You got somebody to fill out your linebacking core. If you had a tackle on the board, like a Rashawn Slater, or somehow, I've seen this happen lately, Marty, in these mock drafts. This can't-miss prospect out of Oregon, Panay Sewell, he's been falling. Because quarterbacks have been taken. And now you've seen these things from like these Kyle Pitts at Florida ran a 446 at 200. What was he? Is he like 6'6, 250 pounds? He's 6'6, 240. And he ran a 446. That guy is going to get a lot of attention now. This is what those, you know, I know there's not a combine, but this is what those 40 times do. Somebody who's that size who can catch the football who runs that fast. Like people are already trying to call him Megatron. Yeah, that was my face, too. But this Sewell guy won't get past the Bengals. I mean, God, that's exactly what they needed. They needed to protect Joey Burrow. Well, you'd think you'd think that's the case, especially when Joe Burrow. Not enough people talk about this. Burrow's knee was obliterated last year. He tore every ligament inside of his knee. ACL, MCL, PCL. I was facing the wrong way. QCL, TCL. I don't know what all the I CLs heard about are. The TCL. Oh, did you? Yeah. What about the Q? The Q was pretty bad, too. You heard the Q? Uh Uh-huh. But you're right. Maybe they take him. The point is, maybe a Rashawn Slater on the board. You just want some insurance in case Juwan James just isn't what you signed him to be, which is a very good possibility considering he hasn't played for two years. Maybe you go that route. But I think a trade down is kind of what we're going to see here. I think they'll give up that number nine pick, probably move back in the first round and grab a couple of more either this year or next year. But if a Trey Lance is there? Do I think? don't know. I, I this, this new regime has been so tight-lipped about everything. And look, they're saying the things you're supposed to say, and this is what I don't take seriously. Marty, you hear this a lot. From teams that don't have really settled quarterback things. What do they tell you? Everything's on the board. You know, the Broncos have said that with George Payton. Hell, I've heard the Lions say it, and here'd be my guess. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think that teams like Detroit or like Denver, unless it's somebody they really like, and you know what, Marty, maybe they do really like Trey Lance, then maybe they take them. But I think they're saying this more as everything's on the table, which means if you want Trey Lance and he's at my spot, you're paying a premium to go up to this spot to get it. It's smart. It's just good business. So whether they think that's the case or not, that they would take a quarterback at nine, uh, it's smart either way for you just to say out loud, of course, yeah, everything's on the board. So it's either a super sexy pick with a quarterback or they trade down and it's just like a big letdown. Uh, yeah, Trading down's uh, not sexy. It's it's no. smart, but it's like, oh, okay. You know, the last trade down they did, though, they still got Noah, Noah Fant. Fant yeah. And they were able to parlay that Noah Fant pick into getting Drew Locke, right? Later, because they used the picks that they got to trade back up in the second round to take Drew Locke. And look, I know that a lot of people don't think the Drew Locke thing has worked, and it hasn't so far. A lot of people don't think it's ever going to work, which might be true, but it still gave you the possibility to find another position of need. Regardless, they're in good position right now. And I said it yesterday, this secondary that you have, along with this pass rush that you have, it creates a lot of really exciting opportunities. For, you know, Vic mentioned this, if the Broncos gave you 25 points a game, which, Marty, if they gave you 25 points, that is smack dab, middle of the road NFL offense. Okay, that, that would put you at 16th in the league last year. If they got 25 points a game with this defense, they're winning at least 10. And I have no hesitation in saying that. That's how good I think this team is around them. But what does it come down to? We all know the answer. Drew Locke. That's it. Can that guy play to an adequate level? Because I think that's all it would take for you to make the playoffs. And I said this before, you know, we, we talked about if this goes to 17 game regular season next year and you win nine or 10 games, would you be happy with that? 1000% I would. You're talking about putting yourself in a position to possibly get a wild card spot. Hell yes, I'd take that. Again, 303-504-0925. Shelby Harris at 8 o'clock this morning. We got to keep Tlaib at 9.30. Stick around. One thing I was thinking about, I was, you know, I was rolling through Twitter yesterday. And what I saw, Marty, was more the rumors of, like, Aaron Gordon being available and Lonzo Ball in the Nuggets having their names tied to one another. And a couple of things here. First of all. I just can't get myself excited about this Lonzo Ball thing if this were to happen. And I know he's a much better player now. Like I said, he's averaging the most points he's ever averaged in his career. He's at 14 a game right now. He's shooting 39% from three. And he's a great defender. We've always known that. Like, as far as his passing ability and his defense, that's been unquestioned with Lonzo Ball. It's always been his shooting, but his shooting's better now. Am I just biased because of my hatred for his dad and how that whole thing, how they burst onto the scene with the big baller brand stuff and him on first take all the time? Am I just soured by that? Probably, but that should have faded. He's been kind of out of the spotlight for a year or two now. 
I never hated Lonzo for it, though. I never saw it his, as his association. Fault. We all hated Lonzo. Yes. Sorry, buddy. You shot weird, and I don't know. You weren't any, you weren't that great in college, right? Um, but here's what it came down to for me. No, I really thought about this. The Nuggets are in a position right now to where I think we can all agree, at least on this standpoint. I know that this this past weekend wasn't great. They didn't play good on Friday. Still found a way to win. They didn't play great on Sunday, and they lost. But if you were to get an Aaron Gordon or Alonzo Ball, here's the question. Marty, would that make this team better? Getting either one of those guys? I I would lean more towards Lonzo just because you could slide Jamal to the two then. He doesn't have to bring the ball up all the time. Lonzo plays great defense and he loves to pass. You have two great passers on the team. The thing I love about Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon plays a little bit of a Jeremy Grant game. Like he's super athletic. He can guard multiple positions. He's He's a good defender and he can knock down some shots. He can find a way to get space. I'm good with either one of these. Could could you see them? Could you see this headline in the future? Nuggets take next step after the Lonzo Ball trade. Well, I don't think anybody's going to write that. No? No, nobody's going to write that story. But they'll be better. I mean, they'll be... I, how much better is up for question. But they will be better. But here's what I got to thinking about. You're, right now, you're in a position, Marty, where the LA Lakers are going to be without both LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You want to make up some ground, improve your team with the trade here. You can make up some ground. But in the middle of these trades, what is the return? Well, the guy that's mentioned in all this is Bull Bull. And you know this, Marty, you and me, whoop, whoop. I mean, we're, we're conducting and we're brake operating this Bull Bull hype train. Yeah, the parking brake's been on for a while, though. But there's something I would like if they moved Bull Bull for one of these guys. You know what it would tell me? For maybe the first time since the Nuggets have gotten competitive, they would be making a move for the now as opposed for the future, right? Every move they've made over the last three years is this team steadily improved year over year over year. Every move has been within the mind of, well, I don't want to break up the core and give something up now for what could be down the line, right? And there's a lot to Bull Bull's game that I like. I think the more weight that guy puts on, um, the easier it's going to be for him to find a role in the NBA and, and be pretty good. But you want to give up Bull Bull for Aaron Gordon or Bull Bull for Lonzo Ball? I'm in. Make a move for the right now. And Tim Conley's going to join us on Friday after the trade deadline is done and over with on Thursday. If they want to make that move now, I think it's encouraging from the standpoint of, you know what? They finally said, let's do something to really try and push this team towards this championship window. Let's do something to push us through that window. Like It's open. We see it. Can you get through it? They're going to get a good look at Aaron Gordon tonight. You know, that's it. it <laughs> I'd be really interested to see this, Marty. What's the guarantee that Aaron Gordon plays? He's going to get traded. You think they risk putting him on the floor tonight? Do you think maybe the Nuggets do a deal before tip-off starts and then he just walks to the other locker room? I want to see it. Like, I I would love another piece to this team to get added and just see what they can do. These rumors say what 
they'd be giving up? Is it just a bull bull? That's- I mean, bull bull's been a part of it. If it's Aaron Gordon, draft picks are going to be involved. And this was one of the benefits, you know, uh, I remember talking to Brian Windhorst a little bit over a month ago, and he said, the Nuggets are in a good position because of this. They're one of the only teams that are competitors in the NBA that have the ability to trade a first-round pick. A lot of teams have already done that. You know, they do that, uh, I, I forget what the rule is, but you can't p- trade first-round picks in back-to-back years. The Nuggets can. They can give up their first-round pick and find somebody, or first-round picks, I should say, and find somebody they think can help. The only thing with Aaron Gordon, and I know that he's got, I think it's another year left on his deal, and he's making what? Is it like 16 mil? 18 this year, 16 next year. Then he's a UFA 2022. I think this would only be a move, Marty, for a couple of years. Like, if you make the trade for Aaron Gordon, he ain't sticking around past this contract because you're going to find yourself in this position. If Michael Porter Jr. continues to play this way, he's getting a max. If not from you, then from somebody else, he's getting a max. And I don't think you can have a team that has max contract Jokic, max contract Jamal Murray, max contract Michael Porter Jr., along with keeping an Aaron Gordon on this roster. And this is the same sort of position that teams with good quarterbacks on rookie contracts find themselves in. You want to make a move? You want to make a push for a championship? Now is the time. You know, some textures are writing this in. I'd rather have Lonzo than Gary or Barton, which... You know, maybe the Barton thing, I think you could quibble on that. Like, you you could make an argument for keeping Barton over having Alonzo Ball there. But I think 100%, because I was shocked, weren't you, when you heard that the Nuggets were in on Lonzo Ball? Weren't you like, really? How many guards is this team going to have? You're already playing Jamal and Faku, and Monte, when he comes back, is going to get minutes again. And Will Barton's playing the two. Where are you going to find these guys? You know, RJ Hampton was playing for a little bit. I don't know if he's going to get minutes. PJ Dozier's playing. And again, he's kind of, you have versatility with those guys where they can play two threes positions like that. But I think the Lonzo decision is this. I don't think they think Gary's coming back anytime soon. Right? That would be the only real solution to this is we need to get another guard because I don't think Gary's going to be back. Anytime in the near future. But I've wanted a bigger body on this team and somebody that can play a little bit of a rim protector role. And Aaron Gordon's not that. Look, he's not Dwight Howard, okay? You can't stand underneath the rim and just block shots. But what Aaron Gordon does have, and this is what Jeremy Grant had, Marty, he's athletic as hell. You've seen him in dunk contests. That dude jumps his heads above the backboard. If you just have that threat, pretend you're going to take a jump shot, Marty, and Aaron Gordon leaves his feet to block your shot. That's going to get annoying. Because how high do I got to shoot this ball to get it over his hand? So something to keep an eye on for the Nuggets. And again, with, uh, with LeBron James out for up to a month, maybe over a month with this ankle injury, start making up ground in the Western Conference, and it starts tonight with a 5 o'clock tip against Orlando. You can hear that here, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5, immediately. And by the way, can we give it up, please? 
The Houston Rockets have won a basketball game for the first time in 21 games. Part of me just wanted to see how long this would go. No, I saw oh, that thing from on. Silas. It, oh, I'm sorry. No, see, guy I don't really know. I hated the Rockets with Harden. Now they have my pity. Okay, they have my pity. Don't don't throw me away in that opinion. Come on. I think the record is like 24 or 26 losses in a row. Could they at least tie that? Well, no, they can't now. Well, Unless I mean, they lose they every game for that. the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, that's not possible anymore. I, I said this yesterday. It's incredible. Marty, they were 11 and 10. They were an above 500 basketball team before they traded James Harden. Then they lost 20. Well, I guess it was a little bit afterwards, too. But then they lost 20 games in a row. They were 11 and 30. They are now 12 and 30. Way to go, Houston. Nice job. Again, 303-504-0925. You guys want in. We got Shelby Harris in an hour and 15 minutes from right now. Got Akeem Tlaib joining us in the 9 o'clock hour. We got a drop tournament. The Kane region today, which features my favorite sound clip in the history of this show, is the number one overall seed in that region. And I think, Marty, I don't know if you did this. Is it the number one overall seed in the tournament? I didn't really rank them by seeded. Like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I mean, let's see here. The number one seed in the Kane region is Mosier's Ed Sprinkle. Okay, that is, I maintain, the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of this show. And if you guys have missed it, if you're new to the program, just wait. You're going to hear this in the 7 o'clock hour. It's going to be magical. But the number one seeds are, name a letter that starts with Z. Vic said xylophone. Very funny. That's in the typical top overall region right there. I Vic, think that's number one overall. Vic said nine tune five in your pocket, baby. That's another good one. This one is Ed Sprinkle, and then in your region, the Marty region, is Vic's Rockies. So Vic has the number one seed in each region? Well, Ed Sprinkle is Mosher. Oh, Ed Sprinkle is Mosher. You're right. But Vic's Rockies prediction is the number one seed. That one also very good. So we got competition today. This Kane region is stacked. So we'll get to all of that in the 7 o'clock hour. Stick around. The poll questions are going up at Brett Kane Radio on Twitter for our drop tournament. Go and vote in those. Again, disappointing yesterday as CU's season comes to an end right before the Sweet 16 as they just looked tight. They looked like the uh, pressure of that moment kind of got to them. One thing that was frustrating at the end of that game, Marty, they were down, I don't know what it was, 13, 14 points, something like that. And it took them until like 10 seconds left on the shot clock to put a shot up. And I'm like, just somebody shoot. Just somebody get the ball out of your hands and throw it at the rim and just see what happens. It's the only prayer that you have. You can't hang on to the ball for 20 seconds each possession trying to get the perfect shot when you're down that much with that little time left. But again, overall, a great season from CU as uh, I don't think you could have asked for much more other than getting that W yesterday. It felt like a sweet 16. If they got there, it was a 1,000% success. It's still a successful season. But regardless, uh, the Pac-12, are they the only Pac-12 team that's lost now in the tournament? I think so, because USC crushed Kansas last night. I mean, demolished crushed. them. What was that, 34 points they won by? Uh, the final score, yeah, 85-51. to 51. In this, Marty, remember that tough Iowa team with Lu uh, Luca Garza? Oregon, who got the no contest win in the first round over VCU because the game was canceled due to COVID, Oregon beat Iowa 95 to 80. The games yesterday were kind of, they were pretty bad. 
Yeah, there wasn't really anything that was super close. LSU was Michigan the was close game. for a little bit. Yeah, that one was was creeping up there. A UCLA won again. Now that was over number fourteen seeded Abilene Christian. But yeah, each game. So a fifteen point win Oregon over Iowa. A sixteen point win Gonzaga over Oklahoma. Twenty points between UCLA Abilene Christian. What is it? Fourteen points between Creighton and Ohio. Um, an eight point win for Michigan. Like you said, that's the closest game over LSU. Colorado lost to FSU by 18. Alabama beat Maryland by almost 20. And then a 34-point win for Kansas. Just a master class on-the-fly math from you right there. Very I, impressive. Thank you very much. Yes, I told you, math was my strong suit. I haven't taken it since I was a junior in, in uh, high school. But it was my greatest my greatest achievement, Marty, when I went to college and I'm meeting with the, what do you call them? The people who help you with their classes. What are Mission they? Mission people? No, uh, counselor? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. Some sort of counselor. <laughs> Some sort of counselor. And I said, so what classes do I have to take? Like, what are the ones that, that are required? And I said, a math class? She goes, nope, you tested out of math. And I go, what does that mean? Because I thought it was like, you're too stupid. Don't even try and take the classes here. It's not going to help. You're too stupid for math, so we're just not even going to bother. I guess my ACT score in the math section was like 30-something. It was so high that they're like, nope, you got math down pat. You're good. For the rest of your life, your math is fine. Nebraska, Omaha, the University of... Where, where, where'd you go? Is that where you went? Nebraska, Omaha. That's right. They actually had to cancel the math program. Yes, not they did. Funds. Not enough funds, and also... We're going to say you're smart, even though you're not. So just take that with a grain of salt. But math was the worst. Why? Math was the only class that was homework every night. Do all these equations. Why? Like, have you ever used a variable in your adult life, Marty? I was using trig the other day to find a uh, parking spot. No, I don't use any of that crap. Why are we being taught this? Like, could my, my time could have been spent so much better instead of learning how to do trigonometry, if they just said, here's a bank account, this is how you save money. Nobody told me that. To be fair, if they did, would you have paid attention? Well, I I would have had to learn it, but I wouldn't have applied it, but yes. Why couldn't they have a class of, you have $9.57 left in your checking account, paydays two days from now, what do you do with your money? The answer $4 you call it's though. What do you do? Dollar beer night. Yes. You find a bar that does that and then you don't eat for the next two days and you just roll on. Um, one thing I was thinking about here as Marty, again, the, the, we're back to quarterbacks now for the Broncos because the pipe dreams seem to be all but done. Are you with me here? I'm annoyed by this kind of stuff. You know what I saw yesterday a lot on Twitter? was Kyle Fuller signed. So you have this pretty elite defense right now. And make no mistake about it. Like Shelby Harris said this, this is not hyperbole. Shelby Harris said, I think we can be a top two, top three defense in the NFL. Marty, they're capable. They stay healthy. I think that's true. They could be a top two, top three defense. I've named seven starters on that defense that I think are all guys that are capable of playing at a Pro Bowl level. Okay? Number one, Vaughn Miller. Already done it. Number two, Bradley Chubb. Already done it. Number three, Shelby Harris could easily do that if he gets the recognition he deserves. Number four, Justin Simmons already done it. Kyle Fuller already done it. I don't know if Darby has or not, but when you lead the league and passes defended, you're capable. And then Bryce Callahan played great when healthy. 
those are seven out of your 11 starters defensively that are great. Not good, great. But then the subsequent things are, I see this. If they trade for Nick Foles, they got a chance at a championship. Shut your mouth. Who said that? I need a name. A bunch of people. Go and find it. You'll see it everywhere. Nick Foles, would you stop with the Super Bowl thing? You know what I know about Nick Foles, Marty? He replaced Mitchell Trubisky and then got benched for Mitchell Trubisky in the same season. That's what I know about Nick Foles. You know what else I know about Nick Foles before Chicago? He was brought in to be the starter for Jacksonville and couldn't start over Gardner Minshew. And he's been on like nine teams. Yes. So between that, here's what I'll tell you. I do not want to give up a damn thing trade-wise for any one of these quarterbacks. Not for Minshew, not for Foles, not for you name it. Nobody. Do not give up draft capital for it unless this guy is going to be your starter, which none of them are. At least not guaranteed to be your starter. Draft somebody, find some Chase Daniel to sign as a backup, and just be done with it. This year, you're riding with Drew Locke. End of story. That's it. And I think most people just kind of got to face that fact and realize, look, there's there's nobody that you're going to trade for that's going to be like, oh, my God, amazing. How did we get this steal? Not a single guy out there for it. And people still want to hang on to this Nick Foles. Like, is there anybody in the history of sports, Marty, that has garnered more I don't want to say recognition. How do I say this? A good publicity out of their career than a guy who's played three good games in Nick Foles? A division uh, a division title game, a NFC championship game, and a Super Bowl. He had a great three-game run and sucked every other point in his career with the exception of the one season that he had in Philly as the starter that he had 27 touchdowns and two picks. Be done with it. You can watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv, search Altitude SR in the search bar. Also, Altitude Television on the simulcast as well. Mojo Lombardi and Kane next. KKSEFM HD1, Broomfield, Denver, K269AE, Boulder, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rapids, Denver Sports Talk, starting at 6 a.m. Altitude Sports Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.